You're listening to a Westpac Wire podcast, westpacwire.com.au. I'm delighted to be joined today by Westpac's senior currency market strategist, Sean Callow, to discuss the prospects for the Aussie dollar in 2023. Sean, Happy New Year and welcome to the podcast. Thanks, James. Great to be here. So throughout most of 2022, we saw the Aussie under pressure against the US dollar as the Fed's aggressive policy moves held sway. But it's been a somewhat different story so far this year, with the Aussie moving back above that 70 cent level for the first time since August. Of course, we always need to be wary of thin volume moves earlier in the year, but, but is this firmer tone a theme you expect to persist in the months ahead? Well, look, I've, it may well be. I've been in the market since the 1990s, so I've seen a lot of surprises over that time. So a degree of caution is always warranted, uh, even if it's not going to be as dramatic as, say, a pandemic. Uh, but look, at this stage, it does look fairly promising in terms of sort of Aussie-specific factors in terms of our trading partners, and mostly that means China. So the markets have really taken China's retreat from zero COVID policy as being good for the economy. So we can leave aside debates on you know, how good is it for the Chinese population, etc. But in terms of there is a very clear shift in their attitude on growth versus COVID from, say, October in particular. So October, November, the Communist Party Congress, the tone seems to have really changed. We've, we've seen that in terms of how they're speaking and the actions they're taking. So so that's certainly how the markets are reading it. So we've had very sharp rises in key commodity prices for Australia. Iron ore is up very steeply to highs since the middle of 2022. Copper prices as well, that ties in with stronger housing market, infrastructure spending in China. And and so that's a really, it's improved the prospects for Australian commodity prices and investors' perceptions of the Aussies. So, so if that remains the case, uh, then it may be that our year-end forecast of 74 cents for the Aussie may prove to be a bit conservative. So strong macroeconomic headwinds, as you point out. But as always, the interest rate policy outlook for the RBA and the Fed will also be, be a key driver for the currency. And how do you think the market is positioned on that front? Yeah, well, it's had a lot to absorb. <clears throat> I think we'd have to say in FX markets, the, the, we have uh, rarely have we been quite so focused on exactly what central banks are doing and when they will stop, <laughs> when they will stop, stop moving. So we, we had a period of, of uh, zero rates during the pandemic. But in the past 12 months, uh, incredible focus on uh, on how high, how quickly rates would be, be raised and when the, the, that would be enough. So for Australia, we, this week we had the, the uh, consumer price index reach 7.8% uh, over the year. That's the highest since 1990. Uh, it was a little firmer than market expectations. And there had been talk about a pause for the RBA. And in fact, talk from the RBA, they said we might uh, raise rates further or we might uh, pause and, and have a look around and see how the economy is travelling. So the fact that inflation was quite uh, was even higher than expected in uh, the December quarter does seem to cement uh, the case for further rate hikes uh, rather than a pause near term. So Westpac's looking for rates to peak at 3.85% um, by mid-year. So that's some um, three rate hikes in the first half of the year. It's it's a slightly above market pricing at 3.75%. Now, for the Fed, the market seems to be trading, particularly in FX, that they want to punish the US dollar for the Fed's slowdown in the pace of tightening. So the US dollar has been on the, the back foot against a, a range of currencies. 
Um, and, and the market's not quite willing to take the face at, at Fed value. In December, they said that we expect to raise rates to uh, just over 5%. Now, the market's more like 4.9% at this stage. And in particular, the, the market is pricing in the, the Fed to having raised rates to, let's say, roughly 5%, then to start cutting rates in the second half of the year quite quickly. Now, they're seeing that uh, the markets are pricing that as quite a negative for the for the uh, the US dollar. So, so that's been another factor that's been helping the Aussie. So even though rates have been... Uh, U.S. rates are clearly higher than Australian rates and are very likely to, to remain the case. That may be that the Aussie's still still benefiting just from that change in, in perceptions in where yields are going. Now, beyond those rate considerations, um, and you, you mentioned the Chinese economy, which is obviously a, a big factor, but are there any other factors you see having an influence on the Aussie dollar this year that investors should look out for? Mm. Look, I think uh, historically the Aussie, Aussie dollar does watch equities very closely. So I would regard the Aussie as a good times currency. So when uh, markets and the world economy is upbeat, when equities are rallying, it's good for growth. The Australian economy is seen as benefiting more than most from, from strong growth. Uh, and the reverse is true. So, so obviously gets hit hard um, in, in times of uh, yeah, such as a global pandemic, for instance, it fell very sharply. So equity mood, uh, that is linked to what we were talking about before with the, the Fed. So that if the Fed is seen as pausing uh, in the coming or is rate cutting rates or what have you, if, if the Fed is seen as being uh, less aggressive on rate hikes, that's positive for equities. So that tends to benefit the Aussie. Uh, and aside from that, uh, Ukraine, uh, the war, the, the impact of energy prices there, uh, that was obviously a shock to to everyone pretty much that that, uh, that there would be um, uh, a war or Russia would invade. And the the flow on impact of that on energy prices, uh, what that means for, for the Aussie, could there, if, if there was a breakthrough, that would be obviously seen as very positive for um, the global economy. Um, but uh, in the meantime, the Australian exports uh, have benefited from being, Australia being a net energy exporter. Now, one thing you've been keen to highlight in the Aussie's favour is the large trade surpluses that, Aus- that Australia continues to run. Can you talk me through the impact that strong trade position has on market psychology? Yeah, so Australia historically does run trade deficits, and that's not such a bad thing. It just it just means that uh, the rest of the world has to uh, essentially lend us money, invest in Australia, invest more in Australia than Australia invests in, in the world. So that's okay, but it does leave the Aussie vulnerable at times, such as the global financial crisis. Australia had very large trade deficits. And that was one of the key reasons as uh, markets got very worried about investing, uh, the the Aussie fell from about 98 cents to 60 cents in just a few months. So uh, that's a vulnerability that isn't the same now uh, at all because Australia has run trade surpluses for the past five years. So even through, say, the US-China trade wars under Donald Trump, uh, the the trade, uh, China's apparent trade bans on certain commodities from Australia, all through all of that, uh, Australia's actually run very large surpluses, uh, some of them absolutely records. So that really, it's overwhelmingly due to the resources sector, very elevated prices for Australia's key resources exports. So it won't last forever, but it does mean that in the shorter term, the Aussie has a degree of, of insulation from global turmoil um, that it historically hasn't had. So we're seeing a fairly fairly positive picture uh, from your perspective for the Aussie. And now a lot of our listeners will, will already be thinking about planning their next summer holidays, having just come back uh, after, the, after the current holiday. Are there any destinations you would identify where Aussie tourists might get more bang for their buck in the year ahead? 
Yeah, well, it's a good point in terms of uh, we tend to fixate uh, on the Aussie versus the US dollar. But clearly, as I say, the US dollar has had big swings against a range of currencies. So if we pick out a couple... Uh, where where the Aussie really does get you a lot for um, for, uh, for your purchases, uh, Turkey is one. So people may be looking at uh, Anzac Day visits, etc. The Turkish lira has been very weak. They've had very high inflation, and that's really undermined. Uh, their currency, and that's probably going to remain the case. So, uh, so good shopping there. Uh, Japan is one I can attest from personal experience. Uh, really, the prices are really quite good translated into uh, Aussie dollars. Um, it is a little bit uh, down a bit. The yen has strengthened in the past few weeks, but uh, overall, um, uh, that's quite appealing. So that's good news for whether it's a summer or uh, the, the cherry blossoms or the uh, the skiing. Uh, another one to India. So the Indian rupee has been uh, quite weak uh, uh, in recent years. They are very vulnerable to high oil prices. India imports a huge amount uh, of oil and uh, uh, that leaves its current currency exposed. They've had a fair bit of inflation trouble there too. So, so the Indian rupee is quite weak. So you, you do get a lot of value for your Aussie dollar there. And I believe there's a there's a Australian cricket tour to India coming up soon, so maybe anyone <laughs> planning a visit there will get uh, a good yeah. exchange rate. Um, now, finally, Sean, let, let's turn to the New Zealand dollar. And you know, we're talking about visiting places. I can attest from just having visited New Zealand that it's not a cheap destination for Australian visitors. And, and certainly, the strong performance of the Kiwi, especially in that final quarter of 2022, has, has played a part in that. Do you do you think the strength of the Kiwi can continue, or, or are we close to the point where expectations for RBNZ rate hikes are more or less baked into the price? Yeah, it does seem as though the the strongest period for the Kiwi is behind us. So uh, particularly in December, it was only about 105, 104 uh, Kiwi cents to to buy an Aussie dollar. So uh, now it's more like closer to 110. And there's been a a turnaround. So while the Reserve Bank of New Zealand does, uh, has been very aggressive in raising interest rates, uh, their unemployment's very low, etc. They they have actually openly talked about um, recession, that they expect the New Zealand economy to go into recession. They think that that's what's needed uh, in order to get inflation back on target. So while interest rates are on track for Westpac thinks to five and a quarter percent peak, so well above Australia, that is, as you say, baked into to expectations, into the, the markets. And I think now there's more of a focus on likely slower growth in New Zealand relative to Australia. And as we were saying earlier, this very strong trade position where the, the commodities, Australian commodities, are uh, stand to benefit a lot more than New Zealand commodities. So while they're also reliant on China, they're more focused on agriculture, etc., um, rather than the industrial commodities that seem to be performing that well. So, so it does look as though the, the strongest point for the Kiwi is behind us. Thanks, Sean. I think that's a good place to leave it. Um, We'll watch market developments with interest in the weeks and months ahead. Thanks so much for your time today. You're welcome, James. That's all from us today at Westpac Wire. For more, head to westpacwire.com.au.